I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. back once again and as usual good morning good afternoon good evening whatever time you might be listening to this maybe even good night if you're waiting for our dulcet tones to put you to sleep i think i can continue talking like this in a very very relaxing way and you might be asleep in five four don't listen to this if you're driving three two one ah oh, hello so we are back with the national league podcast once again, it is myself, Grant, one of your hosts, alongside my good friend Aaron. Aaron, welcome Hello, back. Mate. It's always a pleasure to be here. And I think for the first time in a long time, we've both had um, a positive weekend, right? Oh, by the way, it's it's good to have a good feeling about football. I've went in like every weekend for the last load of weekends going, I hate football. I'm not looking forward to recording this podcast. I don't want to record this podcast because I know I'm just going to get torn to shreds week after week after week. Last mm-hmm. week was horrific because I knew it was coming because you're an Oldham fan and you were giving it big licks all over Christmas and New Year, all the way up to recording. Thankfully, that's over. And I can talk tonight about that's a good. win as well. It's, it's, it's exciting. And same with yourself. Oldham would just continue to rise and rise and rise up the table. I think you you called this last week, didn't you? I mean, we you don't want to talk too soon because there's so much football to be played. But like, I can't get over where we were in terms of when Unsworth left to where we are now. Like, it's just chalk and cheese. And the good thing people might might complain, but the good thing for me at the minute is. Well, winning games were probably not even really deserving to win at the minute. And to me, that's a sign of like a team that can get a promotion. You know what I mean? When you can grind out the results when you're probably second best, they're the important results, are they? 
Yeah, I, that's what I always say in football. The, te- the games where you find where you're winning when you're not playing your best, you're not the best team in the pitch, they're the important points that you get in the board. You get the ones where you win your 5 nils and you're like, yeah, we absolutely blown that team away. But when you come out and you're like, we were really up against it and do you know what? We've managed to get through and get three points of the board. They're your, I, I don't say championship points, but you always find the good teams get results like that. You always have a bit of luck in your side. And obviously, we'll touch upon it when we do talk about Oldham, but just an absolute mind-blowing stat to open the podcast with. So the last time Oldham Athletic were in any form of playoff position, in any form of division in my lifetime, I was eight years old. I'm 25 next month. Well, you were saying you've never seen Oldham in the playoffs, am I right in saying never. that? So I was just too young, just too young when we got knocked out by Blackpool in the League One playoff final in 2000. Uh, not not playoff finals, playoff semi-finals over two legs in 2007-8. I was too, I was just too young to go to that game. So you say you to go to the playoffs this year then? I mean, we got we got work to get do to get there. We got plenty of football to be played, but trust me, on my life, I've never wanted to go to Wembley more to see your own team because luckily with the job I'm in and stuff, I've managed to go to like Wembley a couple of times and go for different events and stuff. But being there for your own team is, I can imagine is a different feeling, isn't it? So that's all I want to experience. I wouldn't know. Do you know Hartlepool are one of the only teams that have never, ever, ever been to Wembley? Not old (laughs) Wembley, not new Wembley, never at all. We got to the playoff finals back in 2006 in League One. And that was when the new Wembley, or when Wembley had been demolished and the new one was being built. So we had our playoff final at the Millennium Stadium. It's not a bad stadium, so oh, it's, it's, all, it's all right. And then we had our National League playoff final at Ashton Gate. Ashton Gate. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, moving on from yeah. Oldham. Should, we'll, should we just, while we're, we'll, while we're on Oldham, should we, should we just kind of. Talk about the Oldham game. There's, there's no point going off piece to go back to to go okay, yeah, back sure, to sure. I mean, really, sure. kind of. Well, I was really wanting to start this podcast off about talking about the two teams that have jumped into the playoff picture and how the playoff picture has changed after us talking last week about how pick one team to jump into the playoffs between now and the end of the season. We've now got two that have jumped in. Oldham, um, you played Dorking at the weekend. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel a little bit smug and a little bit vindicated because we were talking about how maybe for the last couple of weeks I've been biased towards the Oldham cause, but I've I've always been very confident to you in private chats about Oldham's chances of a playoff place, haven't I? And saying that we'd, we'd get there in the end. And I said something plain to you before we started recording, but obviously anything can happen in football and I don't want to come across like a smug, arrogant prick or anything, but... I'm quietly confident that what now we're in the playoff places, I think we should really be in there or at least in and around it till the end of the season. But got just touching upon the game itself, I think it was your typical game of two halves, really. I think sort of first 25, 30 minutes, um, we Dorking couldn't get out of the half. We maybe should James Norwood had like three really big chances that you would normally bet your mortgage on him to score, but for whatever reason, it was just an off day for him um, in front of goals. And then, like, the sort of 10-minute spell and then all of the second half just belonged to Dorking, really. I mean, like, obviously, we um, 
we we got the lead through um, God's number nine once again, uh, and it was some instinctive finish. So that was that was just before halftime. That was on the 30, 41st minute. A corner um, was bouncing around, and Sean Hobson was on the stretch, and he managed to pass it to Fondop, who just fired it in first time into the just into the top, like the roof of the darking net. But then from half time, Dorking probably, I'm being honest, Dorking could have won the game 3 4 1. So that's what I'm saying to you about being able to win when you're playing shit. Which I think I think 100%. on Saturday I think on Saturday we were we were very shit. But I think it's also there was also I think there was a little bit of overreaction on social media from our own fan base. Like it's like it's like we have to remember Mellon inherited this squad, you know what I mean? Unsworth, we, we know that Unsworth spent a lot of the funds on his own players in the summer and some of them players are not good enough and some of them players are not Mickey Mellon's players but also we know that the, the budget is not what it, what it should be because Unsworth wasted half of it. Um, I mean, he was the biggest the biggest um, disappointment for me for Unsworth's recruitment strategy, if that's what we're calling it, is he chased and chased Joe Nuttall and we ended up paying a figure um to Scunthorpe for Joe Nuttall. And now he just, I mean, I'm a better striker than him. I, I'd score more goals in the National League than Joe Nuttall. And now, since since Mickey Mellon's come in, he doesn't even feature. And there's talk of us trying to offload him again. So it's just it's just like, if we would have done this appointment earlier, uh, because Mickey Mellon was always available, you know what I mean? He got mm-hmm. he got, he got got fired, for, or not, not fired, he left or got fired, I remember, from Tramia. Um, was it? Like the start of the season or end of last season, if I remember, really, um, it was either really early or really late in the season that he got the sack. So, if we wanted to make the move, we could have done it, but like because because Unsworth was Frank's and Darren's first appointment, I think they give him more time than they probably should have done because he wanted to feel you know like patience would pay off. But what yeah. we're there now, we're there now, that's all that really matters, and we just need to press on. Like I said, we're winning games with a pretty non-existent midfield as well, which I, I find quite miraculous well, at the minute because... Let's kind of move on to what I was going to ask you about is where do you think the recruitment should be or what should the focus be for coming in? You alluded to the midfield there. What sort of midfield players are you looking for? How many would you be looking at? So, if I'm being unrealistic, the exact type of player that we need in the midfield is a Chris Conclan. Kevin De- I was going to say it's Kevin De Bruyne. Well, I'm not being that unrealistic, but... We, we we need we need like a a ball playing playmaker in in the middle of the pack because at the minute we've got a lot of workhorses and a lot of a lot of people that'll throw themselves about like like your Nathan Sherrins and like your uh, your Josh Lundstroms and Harrison McGuire's but we've not got somebody that can put the foot on the ball and break the lines from midfield and I think that's what we need. Also, we although he's he's had a really solid really solid three games over Christmas and over this period. I still think we need a natural uh, right back because we don't have a natural right back in the club at the minute. We've got Will Sutton, who is a centre half by trade, playing at right back. But the difference in him playing at right back under Mellon and under Unsworth is crazy because it actually looks like he's being coached to play right back now. If that makes sense. Whereas with Unsworth, he was just yeah. a centre half in right back. But um, Mellon's identified that he wants a right back, and I think we need two midfielders. And then maybe, obviously, later on in the window, it'll be interesting to see if we get an out-and-out replacement for Josh Stones. Um, but, yes, but 
I'd say right back and midfielder, and then we'd be there. I think I think we'd we'd be flying then. But I was going to make a, a very bold prediction, and I'm, I'm going to stand by it now. So I'm looking at the league table right now, and we are. So let me have a look. We You're currently sixth on forty-two points. So we are six on forty-two. I think we will end the season either fourth or third. I think fourth is more realistic, but I think I think. I don't know. I'm not confident with some of the displays I've seen from Barnet this season, if I'm being honest. Like, and I, th- I think they could be there for the taking. But look, if you're asking me to be, be, be like grateful, as long as we finish in that top seven, that's all I really care about. Because I think the the one good thing that we've got at the minute is, um, if you look, you've got so you've got. Um, let's have a look here. For three of them top seven, Oldham have already beaten the league this year. You know what I mean? So we we can do it against the higher teams or whatever. So that's what gives me confidence. I, I'll probably be sat here next week, next Monday, after the back of two losses now, I've been beginning it all up. But it's just nice to see your team in a healthy position and in a playoff race because, like I said, I've never experienced it before as a Latics fan right now. So yes, yeah. forgive, me, forgive me for being a bit showboating and a bit confident with it because I might not get it again. So I'm gonna come um, I'm gonna come gonna come back here on the, the 25th of January. The 25th <laughs> of January no, that's that's a Friday the 25th. So you play bar you play barn on the 23rd. So the podcast after that. So that'll be the Wednesday. So then you've got the weekend you've got walking after that. So the Monday after that that'll be the interesting podcast of the first yeah the last one of January with some big games you've got Boreham Wood, then you've got Eastleigh if they've managed to keep their top man, um, then Barnet and then Woking. So a decent, a decent run to test Oldham's consistency because that's been Oldham's big problem. Yeah, absolutely. Consist- consistency is a massive thing, but also we, we, we've we now won three on the balance and we've won five uh, away league games for the first time in 17 years. Let's see. Let's see if you can do it. Now, there's another team we spoke about last week who have had a bit of a no, I wouldn't say a meteoric rise, but they've had a rise up in the playoffs as well. We spoke about them potentially being in trouble with a threadbare squad. I mean, they did come up against a team that are sitting rock bottom of the league on 20 points, but Rochdale beat Kidderminster 2 0. I and think they've leapfrogged up into the playoffs as well, up into seventh. Look. For me as an Oldham fan, there's nothing I want more from a football perspective to see Rochdale struggle. But also from me me as somebody that wants to gain respect for my football opinions, I have to say Jim McNulty is doing one of the best jobs on the most limited resources you have ever seen. And I, w- I will say it right now. I will say it right now. Again, another bold prediction. <clears throat> I will be surprised if he... Doesn't at least get in the running for manager of the season. Oh, he's got he got to. It, it, even it, the thing is for Rochdale now. I was speaking to a Rochdale fan uh, literally yesterday, and they said all they want really is. They said most of their fan base right now would take a top twelve finish and a takeover, mm-hmm. and if that's uh, if that's what they're happy with, currently Rochdale are so. 
they are um, eight points higher than where they would be happy with. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that just shows how good of a job McNulty is doing. I mean, the, we all seen it um, on the Friday. The fact that he he registered himself as a player, we all thought, oh, Christ, it's, it's really it's, bad now, you know? It's, it's, it's going to really hit the ban. But yeah. like, 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 like you say, I don't know how much of it is because it was maybe kiddie, but also with Rochdale's injuries, I don't think you can take much away from it. And while we're here as well, I, I think we put it on the uh, National League book, Twitter account, but what a goal from Tyrese Sinclair, by the way. Oh, Jeez. my days. It was just unreal. I think right. I think it was the fact that he didn't even want to look where the net was. It, it was like he knew where the net was without looking. And yep. they are some of the best finishes you can get in football. So, yeah, from, from a neutral point of view and taking the rivalry aside, Fair play to Rochdale and fair play to Jim McNulty. And look, I said again, I said a couple of weeks ago, my dream scenario would be an Oldham Rochdale player final. And at the minute, that could happen. Whether whether that will happen, we'll have to see. But yeah, I hope I hope they can keep going and and because it will be one of the sort of uh, underdog magic stories of the National League season, definitely. There's a lot that needs to happen for that for you to uh, meet in the playoff final. I think. You play them the third last game of the season, don't you? It's yeah. Oldham v Rochdale at Oldham on the 6th of April, I think it is, I'm led to believe. Half so. 12 kickoff. I'll be half 12 kickoff. Oh. Yeah, because they changed it because of the crowd troubles at Scotland. Right, that would make sense. I was thinking it's so early for a TNT um, to choose their TV games for that. But... Yeah, I know. Yeah, the police changed it. But yeah, yeah like, like I said, I'm probably a very rational thinking older fans and older fans and like I can't knock it at all really I, they, they deserve respect and they've certainly got my respect so far this yeah. season it's, it's not surprising that Jim McNulty was linked to a couple of League 2 jobs as well with the, the Salford job yeah he was linked through mm-hmm. the Salford job there's, there's no surprises there that he's been linked to that after the season that he's had with him and what he's done. Imagine what he could do with the resource that Salford has. Also, though, what I really like about Jim McNulty when he when he speaks about Rochdale, you can you, obviously I, I know if things got bad, he's got he's got a family to feed, and he, you know he'd, he'd think of that first and foremost. But the man the man lives and breathes Rochdale. It's his club. Exactly. You can tell he he cares so much about the supporters, about his players, and. I think even if Salford were interested, I think it would take something special for him to, you know, obviously they've got Robinson now, but before that, I think it would have took something special for him to give up and, and like exactly. give up the challenge, really. You're not going to, he's one of these, you're not going to, when you've got someone who breathes the club, bleeds the club, they're not just going to go for no reason mm-hmm. at all. Not no reason for just a better job. There's got to be something that really, really drives him because. There's nothing more he'll want to do than to take Rochdale back into the football league. Yeah. There's there's not you see as a fan, there's <laughs> not for me, there's not a better feeling than being out of the football league, regardless for how long it is, a season, two seasons, three seasons, from being in the national league 
to getting back out and being regaining your football league status. Hopefully and, you find that out soon. Hopefully I find that out again soon. Well, well that's it as well. And like obviously I'm not I don't think neither Oldham or Rochdale fans will be counting the blessings at the minute because we've seen some big teams come down to this division and struggle, you know what I mean? Struggle to get out. I mean how many how many years were not scouting in here before they got out last year? How many years were Exum in here before they got out last year? How many years did Stockport spend for an ex you know, an extended period of time before they got out. Exactly. It well, is, they dropped in the National League North as well. Yeah, so it is a very, very competitive uh, budget uh, division. So just because you're one of the bigger, quote-unquote, uh, teams that have come from the division above doesn't necessarily mean that you just deserve to walk all over the teams in the division. And that's what that's what we certainly found out in our first season. And, and yeah, every team in this division demands respect. Exactly. So it's a highly, highly competitive league. Again, we touched on this last week, how tight the playoff spots are. You're looking at fourth in the playoffs is on 46 points, all the way down to Eastleigh and 11th, who are on 37. There's nine points separating fourth and 11th. Mm-hmm. This playoff picture could change so much. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to week. last week again. We were talking about teams that we think could drop out. I mentioned, I think Altrincham could have dropped out. And who was it that you mentioned would have dropped out? Dropped out. I mean, have a look. Um, I can't remember who you said you think would drop out, but another um, team has dropped out, or well, two have dropped out, and their season has been dramatically changed so far in this, in how early in this transfer window is Gateshead. Mm-hmm. Kate's heads are just losing everyone left, right, and center, aren't they? We last week we spoke about Chadwick, how he was recalled and then he was sold to York. They've lost Hassani, who's been recalled back to South Shields. Mayor has been recalled to Norwich. Forbes contract expired after five and a half years that he was at the club for. And probably the Biggest of the lot for them is, is losing Wern to MK Dons, yeah. who've, who've snapped them up. Now, I would put him down as one of my players of the season and yeah. one of the best centre backs in the league. I think, obviously, it's, uh, again, I'm not just being sort of saying it because I know like my team's got a budget, but I think it shows that if you can do the majority of transfer business without having to rely on loans, that's, you know, free transfers, non-contracts, that's the, way, that's the way you've got to do it in this division because, like, you just get ripped apart in January, if not, and that's what Gateshead are doing right now. And I feel really sorry for Gateshead because, like, you know, Rob Elliott was just slowly starting to find his feet after a bit of a slow start, you know. They, they were they were on fire again. They were playing the similar brand of football, and I, I have no doubt that if the budget allows, he can bring his own players in and try and carry on that brand of football. But you do have to wonder how many of them players contributed to the fact that they could play that brand of football. If that makes sense. Yeah, and Williamson was probably a big part of them staying at the club, and there's no surprise to see him taking someone from Gateshead straight over to, to MK and, and following him along there, especially his 
his man at the back that that's essentially held that team together and mm-hmm. he will no doubt do incredibly well in League Two. He's one of these players that you just know can make that step. I, I, I like what you said there, Aaron. Like the National League's a funny, a funny league for that. You can have a talisman player, can't you? That can really hold your team and then you want to shout about him, you want to rant and rave about him, but you know as soon as you start doing that that the scouts are going to be there watching them. Eyes are on them. They're going, right, hold on a second. Who's this guy that everyone's talking about week in, week out on Twitter? You should probably go and watch him. And they go and watch him and then they go, here's a diamond in the rough. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's offer him a deal and get him out of the National League and give him a full contract with an EFL club, a bit more job security for them. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about for these players. It's it's job security because it's a short career. I mean, just describing that then, I mean, you probably will, you can touch upon your boys now if you want, but that just screams um, Anthony Mancini to me, you know? Like, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not really, obviously because he was injured, I, you, 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 so you you give me the bit of the lowdown before our games, what I was thinking, maybe it's just Grant bigging him up a little bit, but the, that second game on uh, the 30th of December, I don't because he's a really sort of like a hybrid player, isn't he? He's quite tall, but he's got really fast feet for a big man. He's like rapid. incredibly fast feet, and he. I just think if Hartlepool are going to get anywhere near sort of turning the ship and turning the tide, he needs to be the central sort of linchpin figure of that. Yeah, massively. So in the start of the season, he he started on fire. He he came in on trial. He was an unnamed trialist, and I'd heard his name being flitted about in group chats. Going, by the way, you need to see this guy, Mancini. He's he's another level. He's phenomenal, and I was I was really coy to it. I was like, Nah, he's not going to be that good. There's no way he's going to be that good. Like I remember last season, preseason, we're going, Oh, you should see this guy that we've got um, on trial. This guy, Senna. I'm so Mohammed Niang, he was called Senna because he's Senegalese and you know, he's, he's so good. And he, I watched him pre season, I was like, this boy's the shit. He is class. Center defensive midfielder can play center back, and he's just, he, his tackles were just unbelievable. You get into the season, and he was terrible. He was awful. But then everyone's going on about Mancini, and they're like, oh, this guy's the next, he's the next big thing at this club. And it's like, right. Not believing it. Then I watch him at the start of the season. It's like, by the way, this boy's a bit. This boy's a bit good. And I went out and a limb and I says, I think he's one of the best players that we've I've seen at the club since Anthony Sweeney mm. when we were back in League One. He was he's phenomenal. And then he he tore his hamstring off the bone against Chesterfield and he's made an absolutely miraculous recovery. He returned on Boxing Day against yourselves, came on as a sub on, I think it was like the 60th minute, came on as a sub again on the New Year fixture and then started this week uh, against Oxford. And it was I was like, we've got to beat Oxford this week because we got absolutely done by them earlier on in the season. They put five past us and I was like, this isn't. This isn't going to go well. That's when I knew that the season was going to be a, a tough one. Mm. And yeah, he absolutely ran the show. Rightfully so, got into the, the uh, Vanarama team of the week this week. 
even though he yeah. only played for about I think it was 60, 65 minutes. He the things that he can do with his feet with that ball is another level. He's not a national league player. No, not at all. Not. He's he's twenty two year old French lad. He has got the ability. He's going to play in League One at least in the next two three years. He is yeah. unbelievable. There was a point where he ran it through pretty much by himself into the olden box, and had three or four players around him, and they get taken down. But he still managed to keep the ball at his feet. He got back up and then skinned three of them. Yeah. The only thing that I can compare it to, this is uh, I know Liam's sitting here in the back of the studio and he's going to laugh at me comparing a Hartlepool player to this. Can you remember Chelsea v Liverpool like years ago when you had Zola in the corner and you like skinned everyone and then put it in? That was the only thing that I can think that is like similar to. I mean, it's nowhere near similar. It's nowhere near like it because that bit of play by Zola was phenomenal. But this was just, it was next level. And I was like, yeah, great. We are winning this game. We should have we won by about three or four in the first half alone. Scored two decent goals. Joe Gray needs to learn how to shoot because the amount of times that he got in front of the goal and just didn't pull the trigger, he played a pass off to someone. It was like, Lad, you need to learn how to shoot. If I was the manager, Lenny Lawrence, I'm going after this, or Anthony Sweeney, I'd be like, look, Joe, you are doing shooting practice constantly, and you are not stopping shooting practice until you get this right. But that's what he needs to do, considering he's the only fit striker we had at the club up until today. Yeah. So he, just before just, just before we go on to your new star striker, I say that very loosely. Um, uh, what? So obviously there was a very very negative uh, reaction to Lenny Lawrence's caretaker appointment. Now, before the game on Saturday, what were you thinking? And has the one game sort of what you seen on Saturday has that changed your opinions in any way? I don't think I'm allowed to. From an owner of this company, I'm going to say I'm not allowed to say what my thoughts were when we announced Lenny Lawrence. If you want to see what my thoughts are, go on to my Twitter page at the Real GSJ, and you will see my thoughts. They are quite expletive. I I wasn't impressed, to put it in a clean way, what, by the so appointment of Lenny Lawrence. In the cleanest way possible. What what were you what were your grievances with the apartment? Why weren't you impressed? Why wasn't I impressed? I mean, he's not managed in ten years. Is That's the first thing. I'm. It's funny because you actually asked me last week who's your director of football, and he is our non non sporting director. I totally forgot he was at the club. That's probably another thing. I forgot he was at the club. I I forgot he existed at us. I, He's not managed in 10 years. He is, and he's, it's, it's not a bad point, but he's in his mid-70s. It doesn't come across for me as the most motivational guy. Yes, he'll have knowledge. He'll have a lot of names in the business. I know he's got a lot of likes <laughs> a lot of other clubs, but it just it doesn't scream, this is the man to get us out of the National League. Yeah. But prove, but is that, prove, is that, prove me but, wrong. 
surely that's not going to happen anyway because he's only a, he's only a an interim, no? He's he's interim, and I can I can understand that because he's he is there until we get someone new coming in, and I reckon he will be there until the takeover happens. Okay. If the takeover happens, I I half expected an interim to come in, and who that would be. I, I said last week Tony Sweeney. Could have potentially been one, but he's been getting a lot of stick on social media, so I can see why he didn't want to come in to do it. I know he was also suspended for he had a touchline ban for the this weekend, and I was like, right, okay, that's probably why Lenny Lawrence is brought in. But he's doing a lot of the training. So, are you yeah. worried? Are you worried with um, Raj's track record that if uh, Lawrence wins maybe two or three more, he gets a job permanent? No. He's no. not gonna. He's not gonna get the job permanent. At can you all. say? Can you say that with confidence and conviction? Yes. Though? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. A hundred percent. He is not getting the permanent job. He's there to oversee. Apparently, Lenny Lawrence was surprised at getting offered the position on an interim basis. So I, I don't see it happening as, as a on a permanent. I did joke on about it on Twitter. X, whatever you call it these days, saying, oh, if he gets the win, that'll be him. Three-year contract will be offered to him because that's what Raj seems to do. But, yeah. Look, 2-1 win. I'll take it. It should be more. We were... It wasn't a pretty game of football. We didn't play great. We should we should have won it by more. The goal that Oxford scored was sloppy, sloppy, sloppy defending from us, as per usual. Ball came in. Onirise took... The lad out at the back gave away a free kick. You spoke about Onyrisi being a big cart horse the other week. Mm-hmm. Gave away a stupid free kick. The ball was played in. We didn't deal with it. It went out for a corner. Corner came in. We didn't deal with it and it was finished. We should have had a clean sheet. That's Hartlepool now not kept a league clean sheet at home for over a calendar year. Wow. Wow. Well, it's, it's, it's an awful, awful stat, but not going to take it away. Three well, points I, I... on the board. I and guess the good thing is, no, you've stopped the rot now, you know? So, exactly. Yeah, that's the important we, thing, we, just, we just need to crack on. We really just need to crack on and go, do you know what, let's see the next team that's coming up in front of us. Let's try and get three points again, get more points on the boards. And folks said that we're in a relegation battle. We're not in a relegation battle. No. Folks say no. we're trying to get to the playoffs. We're not going to get to the playoffs. Get a respectable league finish. Get rid of the absolute dross that's been built up by several managers over the last couple of seasons. Bring someone in, give them a long-term project. You mentioned to me, Sar, last week, and I went, mm, no. He, he does look more and more like a, a good appointment for us now in hindsight that I've been thinking about it. So I think Sar would be a positive. I Next think so. Game, it- if you want to go for like a project type manager, I think Graham Carrick would be like that screams yeah. project type manager to me. Yeah, I think Graham Carrick would be another good person to come in. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be now, interesting. To next next week we've got filed, so another team struggling down the bottom area. It's another one where I think we should be pushing to get three points in that game as well. Yeah. If we're coming away from two games with six points. I'm a very, very, very happy man. Now, on that note, what we are going to do, we are going to nip away and have a little message from our 
advertisers or sponsors, however we want to say that they are. And we will be back in a minute or two. I don't know how long it's going to be. See you shortly. And we're... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, back. Now, that first half of the podcast, or the first part of the podcast, we kind of planned out and kind of spoke about what we were wanting to talk about. The second half, I genuinely don't have a clue what we're going to talk about because we've covered quite a lot already. We've covered the playoff picture, Gateshead, Oldham, Rochdale. We've covered off Hartlepool. We've spoke about our own clubs. So that's given us a good half hour of listening to. So I think where, where should we where should we take it from now? I mean, I'll, I'll tell everyone what my what our original plan was actually for this week. So we had we had a guest coming on and, and someone new coming on this podcast to talk about their club and a massive, massive achievement. Now, this isn't strictly National League proper. We're talking National League South. So we had Nigel, um, Nigel, we're going to say Nigel Sarl. I'm Sarl on the head here. We had Nigel coming on to talk Maidstone. Now, Maidstone have advanced to the fourth round of the FA Cup after beating Stevenage at home 1-0. They have had a tremendous FA Cup run. They beat um, Chesham 2-0 in the first round. Then they beat Barrow 2-1. In the second. Then they drew League One side, Stevenage, and they beat them 1 0. Now, Stevenage aren't no, they're not any mugs. No. They're a great no. team. And everyone knows a Steve Evans team is a hard, hard team to beat. Yeah. And I like to feel that us as Nas- the National League podcast, we've got one up on Matt Farley. So, Matt Farley, if you're listening to this, <laughs> on the Maidstone, but they've now been given a tie away to Ipswich. What what journey this is for Maidstone. And I don't think people can underestimate how how important an FA Cup run and the money that comes in yeah, from an definitely. FA Cup run is to teams like Maidstone. And the thing is as well that, that I'm presuming the the list of results you just read out there that they're just the 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 round proper 
ties, right? Because yeah. they they've been in qualifying and since the start of like the start of yeah. I think it was either the start or the middle of September, which makes yeah. the achievement even more staggering to me. And and like you say, you, you get low, a low down the pyramid, and these ties and the money that gets made in the FA Cup are like what keeps teams like you know afloat and stuff. And I just think. I've seen two interviews this week with George Alcobi and obviously Big George always have a soft spot in, in my heart for his time that he spent at Latics. Um But he, you can just tell he, he just he just puts his all into everything that he's doing with that football club at the minute. He, you know, he got emotional um, before the game about how it was like the, the most important like match of his career, both playing and managing. And then he talked afterwards, which I thought was really sort of sweet. He talked about how he wanted to go home and take his babies to, to this was before the draw, obviously, but he said he wanted to take his babies back to Molyneux and get Wolves. And I thought that was quite, quite sweet. Um, but in terms of, in terms of a, a man that's kind of cut his teeth in, in very difficult circumstances, obviously with the relegation last year from the, you know, the national league to now doing what he's doing, it's a superb story. And yeah, like, because people have complained, you know, with with the like FA Cup over the last couple of seasons, that maybe the magic of the FA Cup is beginning to fade away and die out. But you get results and ties like this that prove that it's still there if you look for it. You know what I mean? It's it's magic, and they seem to have every every round they've got. They've got a team from a higher division, like a barrel league, oh, disregarding the three qualifiers because they've played thick games to get to the stage that they are at now. They've won three qualifiers, then they've won three games proper. And yes, granted, they've not been given a, a, a glamour tie against a Premier League team, but Ipswich are no mugs at all. They're sitting yeah. second in the Championship, 55 points, and could well... They're an ex-Premier League club. They could well go up this season and become a Premier League club next season. And the I, thing is, I think anything that happens from now on in, like... It's gonna be a it's gonna be a sort of FA Cup story that can be passed down generations, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's a fourth round. It's like it's it's such an achievement, and yeah, congratulations to everyone involved in the football club. It's wonderful, oh. and hopefully you can pull off the big one away to Ipswich. I really hope this is a televised game. I really hope it is, because I think Maidstone got absolutely done a dirty that their game wasn't televised by the BBC. Yes, it's not a glamour tie. Stevenage v Maidstone. But go, who would watch it? I would watch that. Absolutely. I would much I would much rather watch a Stevenage v Maidstone than, than, a, uh, than a Liverpool Arsenal, which because you I see, see that, twice. You see that in the I anyway. see, yeah, yeah, I see it two, three times a year anyway guaranteed twice in the Premier League. You might see it in the Champions League. You might see it in the FA Cup when both teams inevitably advance further. You might see it in the League Cup. Like You might see it in the Community Shield if they both win, both of them. There's potential to see that like four or five times yeah. a year. Like, I've seen it. It's done. I don't care about it. Like I want to see these other teams getting televised, getting exposure, getting more money into the clubs. If this game isn't televised, second in the championship against the National League South team, it's it's absolutely criminal. The BBC really need to have a look at their fixtures and go, 
Yeah. This is the biggest tie in this club's history. Well, well, Give we're, them talking, your time. well we're talking about um, FA Cup ties. Do you, and I know it's not technically league focused, but do you just want to touch upon Chesterfield's valiant effort at Watford? Go for it. Um, <laughs> so, for, for me, I think, look, they. So, from what I remember, Quigley, they took the lead, didn't they, through Joe Quigley? Um, and they, I think Chesterfield showed how good they are as like a team that have got potential to go. Because I called it a few weeks ago and I think you thought I was a little bit crazy, but I said, I, I think Chesterfield got, could go back to back. I think they'll deal with the League 2 quite comfortably. And I think, I know it's FA Cup and people raise the games, but I think ties like that proved my point a little bit. Like they, they fully matched a championship side away yeah. from home. And at the end of the day, it was just, it, it, they just ran out of a bit of steam, got a bit tired. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think the job sort of Paul, Paul Cook's done and that whole Chesterfield side has done, not only in this division, but in the FA Cup run should be admired. And yeah, it, it's just, it's good to see National League get some really sort of proud representation. Yeah, even though it's Chesterfield. Yeah, yeah. Even from a league point Chester. of view, from a league point of view, fuck them. <laughs> You're starting to sound like a Mansfield fan. <laughs> but no, I mean, absolutely sum it for them again. It would have been good to have another team representing the National League further um, further in the competition, but they don't need any more money. God, yeah. No. They, 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 do have the, they do have the capability to go back to back. And I think Will they? That's that's the big issue. I think we've said this the last two seasons, or the last two three seasons in a row, when we've seen Stockport come up. Went, eh, they've got the ability to go back to back. They didn't. They took time to grow into the back into League Two. We said this, yeah. I said the same about Wrexham and Notts County that they had the ability to go back to back in the league. Either of the two of them because of the absolute domination of the league that they had. They've not. Notts County have struggled at times now. They've lost the manager up to Swansea, so that's it's going to be a total. It's going to be a, a, a shock to their system getting a new someone new in that knows the way of that club. And Wrexham, they're doing well, but I just don't think they'll go back to back in the league at all. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be tough for Chesterfield to go back to back because League Two is a really difficult league at the moment. If you're looking at, say, Chesterfield go up. Say Oldham go up. It's still a really hard league next season in League Two. A really mm-hmm. hard league, and there's a lot of good teams in there. Yes, yeah. three or four will go up, but there'll be a lot of good teams who will stay that are more than capable of pushing for the top spot. You've got Doncaster who are going to go through a full rebuild of their club. I know they're not having a great season. They will rebuild. And as as, as Chow likes, yeah. likes to say, as Chow likes to say. Things will get better with time. Yeah, that's, I mean, what, that's one for you, child. Shows I listen to your content. <laughs> I've got faith in Grant McCann to do the job there, so it'll be it'll be a, a big ask, I think, for Chesterfield to go back to back. But I expect them to be up there in the playoff visit in the playoffs next season yeah. once they get promoted. Yeah. I'm not even saying if once to sort of 
maybe not rap, but to sort of move along now, do you want to talk about a team that I think might just fall short in terms of a playoff position this year, but also I expect to fully be a force next year in, in Southend United? Yes. And yes, I, I will start first and foremost by saying thank you to Southend United for beating Halifax because like that, that aided us in our uh, ascension into the playoffs, really. Um, it's a shame we've not got Luke here tonight to give his expert dissection of what went what went wrong from a facts point of view. But from a South End point of view, the the wheels are in motion now. You know, I don't know. I, I always lose track, but I don't think the takeover has been officially announced yet, has it? But we know we know it's getting closer and closer, and you know the embargo has been lifted now. So I think we'll start seeing South End make some really interesting moves. And like I said. Personally, I know you said that they could do it, but I think 10 points might just be a little bit too much. I know they've got the two games in hand on, on Rochdale, but I've not checked who them two games in hand are against. But I think with everything being so tight now, I'd be a bit surprised if somebody made up 10 points worth of ground. But look, if they did it, they deserve all the plaudits. And if it wasn't Oldham that were going to go all the way, if anyone else could, and from that position, I'd, I'd love it to be South End. But... I just think next season and a proper rebuild under a proper ownership with like proper money and that that will be when they can make a good go of it, you know? They're gonna be a force to be reckoned with next season, I think, South End. And I I didn't see see I didn't see that coming. Halifax have the ability to do this to just randomly capitulate and South End always have a result in them somewhere or another. And and they, they massively pulled that off. They demolished, demolished Halifax. 3-0, 3-0 was bad. And I think that's the reason we said why we've not got Luke in this week. We wanted it to be a happy podcast. We wanted winners <laughs> on this week. And we had four we had four of us, but technical issues. We're back to just the dream team of, of me and yourself, Aaron. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a good story, the South End one. And I think maybe having the transfer embargo lifted from them Gave them a little bit of a boost and just a bit of a feel good factor around the club again. Going, do you know what? We can crack on. We can we can really do this and and try and upset some more teams. Because a tough the challenge at the weekend though. They've got East Lee coming up and then they're Wheelstone and then they've got Alty. So they've got two of the top eleven team, two of the top yeah. eleven teams there. What, what I was going to say about Southend just quickly is. It's, Again, obviously, I know it's not fully done yet, but it's nice to see stories always come through of, like, you know, fan power wrestling back the football clubs, really. And, like, mm-hmm. it, it, obviously, it happened with us. It, it's, it's happening with Southend. It's probably going to happen with Hartlepool. You know, it's, it's important. And Rochdale. And Rochdale, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, touch wood soon, it'll happen for Rochdale. Um, and it's, it's just nice to see because... The the four teams we've mentioned there are, are massive teams in this division, and huge. they you know they deserve the best shot at success really. And look, I, I prefer it not to be this season because I feel like if it is this season, they might go all the way and do it with the momentum on the backs. But if it, if it is this season, then fair play to South End. But if it's not, then I fully expect them to mount the title challenge next season. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And do you know what? I think that is the perfect, perfect point to end this on. Would you agree, Aaron? Absolutely. 
on an absolutely positive note. Positive for Southend, positive for Oldham, positive for Hartlepool. What a week. Positive for Maidstone as well. How can I forget? Yes. I can't wait to come back next week and we're all just in tears. Oh, we're just going to be sitting here miserable again. Face. That's, <laughs> it's probably the podcast that people like the most is where our faces yeah. are absolutely tripping as Grant's an angry Scotsman. Aaron's just sitting there angry as anything. Just going, <laughs> I, hate, I hate football. I hate Mike Fondop. By the way, on Mike <laughs> Fondop, before we, do, before we do finish up, you mentioned to me off air that Mike Fondop is under investigation for inciting crowd violence. Yes. against Hartlepool because he jumped into the away end. Is that true? Yes. So I got told um, this was uh, going, uh, being investigated. And to be honest, Mike's always been known for having a bit of a hot head. But I think if he, if he does get charged, whatever it will be, a fine, whatever, a game suspension, whatever it is, I think that will be quite soft, really, because, like... He, I can't, it's not exactly inciting crowd violence, is it? He jumped into the bottom bit where there was no heart. There was nobody there. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, but that's something I got told this week. He's just trying to incite the Fondop Talum Terrace, isn't he? But Mikey Fondop, God's number nine. I think, have you got, got a terrace at Oldham? Um, so, it's, I mean... The the Rochdale Road is road end is quite open and you know, we feel the elements but we know the terrace as such. No, we don't have like a standing section. Which I'm quite if you did. I think I'm you should build I think you should get one built and speak to Frank and say you need to name this the Fondop Talum Terrace. <laughs> just, get his, just get his picture of him doing the sue on um, ne- next to the stand. <laughs> 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 what a man, Mikey, what a man. <laughs> what a guy. Anyway, everyone, thank you very much for listening once again. It's been a little bit shorter than normal this week. Don't forget to give us a follow on every single one of our social pages, X, Facebook, TikTok. I don't think we're on threads yet. Is anyone actually on threads? Don't no. forget, if you're on Spotify and listening to this, go down, rate the podcast five stars, comment whatever the hell you want. We don't care what you comment. It doesn't count. Just rate it five stars. Same on Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcasting services that you're listening to are. Give some love to our sister podcasts up in the Championship, League One and League Two as well. If you want some of that, go and listen to them. They are a fantastic listen. Great, great presenters on that as well. Also, don't forget to follow us or subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the little bell button. That'll give you an indication of when we go live with any of our videos or any new videos get posted. We have the breakdown coming up live on Thursday. And then next Thursday, we will get the results of the Look Sports Media Awards live on the breakdown. Everyone, I'm Grant. This has been Aaron. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great week. week. Stay safe. See you next week. We've been Look Sports Media. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.